Morning, everyone. Always glad to be. I wasn't so sure about <laughs> a few of the aches and pains that I had, <laughs> pretty severe. But uh, I had prepared well last night, and uh, I thought, well, I won't, uh, I won't bring the computer this time. <laughs> I have big sheets, I mean big print on the sheets. <laughs> like the big money that they had to, to give to those guards that were guarding the tomb. <laughs> I guess the money wasn't big, but they were, they were willing to pay plenty. Anyway, uh, I got to thinking about uh, the topic of, of uh, lifting up God's people. So I entitled this, How God Lifts His People. You know, there's many of us hurting today in spirit and physically and so on. Uh, loved ones, friends, family. Um, we need God's lifting of our spirits and lifting of our lives. So the first thing that I think of is Psalm 30 and verse 1 says, I will extol thee, O Lord, for thou hast lifted me up. Thou hast lifted me up. There's uh, Psalm 25, 2 says about the same thing. So I was looking at all these different ones and most of these I was able to write out uh, oh, by the computer's deal, so that I would have large enough print that I wouldn't run into difficulties. And uh, Psalm 25, verse 2 says, O oh my God, I trust in Thee. Let, not be, let me not be ashamed. Let not mine enemies triumph over me. There's a song like that. So <laughs> that rang in my head right away. Uh, and I thought, i gotta got to find it quickly and get it printed on the paper here so that I would have a large print for me to, to read that to you. That's Psalm 25, verse 2, with the word triumph. And uh, there's sidelines always on, on verses that are kind of funny, but they help you remember something about the verse, the word triumph. And uh, the story or joke was that... Uh, uh, somebody's motorcycle was heard about the land. Well, it's not actually the same, same thing, but the Triumph was a motorcycle. <laughs> and uh, uh, <laughs> was the Triumph heard throughout the land? And he said that was Joshua. Well, I haven't found that exact verse. <laughs> but uh, you always will remember that word Triumph now, right? <laughs> okay. So in uh, God's uh, ability to lift up his people and what he does, uh, how he does it, I guess, is what we need to think on. Keep that in our mind. But he loves us. He loves all. He loves them. He loves us. And that's one way of lifting us up, to know that we are loved. I often talk about young folks. Um, they sometimes feel down, discouraged, wonder where life is at, and, and uh, am I being in the right spot, the right place. They, they feel lonely. A lot of young people, teenagers, can get very down at times. No, you can't do that. You've got a Heavenly Father that loves you. You know, and you're a special person. You were created to be you. You know, you were created to be here and be in this place. You're a special person. You're a somebody. <laughs> so, yeah, that helps to lift us up, doesn't it? God loves us. 
God inspires us through various means, scriptures and, and uh, messages and things that we would hear. Uh, he can inspire us and uplift us that way. Um, we're freed from all the punishments and problems and situations. We're, we're going to be free. And you know, you think of uh, you are free not to do wrong. Interesting. So that's, our, that's God's plan, isn't it? He can save us from sin. He can save us from the bad guy. He can save us from bad circumstances. That uh, we are uh, freed from the punishment of wickedness. And liberty comes into that word, right? We need the word liberty. You know, we're tested by the Heavenly Father and by circumstances that the Heavenly Father can bring our way, but that's because He loves us. And I started thinking of the word, or no. He was going to try the children of Israel to see if they were going to love him and obey him or no. So by remembering or no, I could put it into the computer and it would give me all the verses that had or no in it. <laughs> and it worked. So I'll give you a couple of verses of that. So he's testing us, but it's because he loves us and wants us to succeed. He wants us to win. We're winners. Um, and he secures them. We talked about that in, in our Sabbath school lesson today. And I know when I was young, uh, there was something missing. I'd gone to the evangelistic meetings as a 10-year-old and younger. I'd gone to the evangelistic meetings, the evening meetings, the Wednesday night meetings, the Saturday night meetings. I'd gone to the meetings. I'd seen people give their heart to the Lord. I wanted to do that too. And I did. And I got baptized at 10 years old. But it felt like there was something missing. Many of you have, have heard me say this, but it's true. Sometimes you, um, you're just not sure, or how would you word it? You're just not comfortable yet. Something doesn't quite click. And that was me. So if I went to a youth camp, or a city's boys camp, and they had uh, a religious meeting and they called for an altar call and called for prayer, I would be there even though I was already baptized. And I couldn't quite figure it out for myself for a while until I realized the assurance verses, the assurance that you've made it with God, that you're right with God and that you've got, a, you've got salvation, the assurance of that. How do I hang on to this? That was what I needed. So if I speak on that often, you know why now. <laughs> the assurance, we surely need some assurance. So let's look at some of these verses. Uh, God wants to lift us up. And in our circumstances of the day, boy, we've got today, he wants to help us. And that's what's common right here. We've got it today for sure. In John 17, 23, it said, Thou hast sent me and hast loved them as thou hast loved me. If we can understand Christ saying that and the circumstances around John 17, verse 23, uh, that we have to have that feeling too, that we've been sent by God. We're here because of God's uh, plan. Um, how does a boy started off in the middle of Saskatchewan, end up here. That's me. 
and tell people I was born at 40 below. How did I get here? <laughs> How did all those circumstances happen? It's because of God. God had that plan going because he loved us. And he sent others to meet me, to find me, to convince me, to talk to me, to baptize me. Um, the man that baptized me was a complete stranger to me because we went to the bottom of Washington State so that I could be baptized in a little river, very small river. I had to kneel down in order to, to get baptized. Wow. And you know, what would it be 60 years later? I phoned that man. He was still alive. I thanked him and talked with him. And he sold the Bible to my mother and she sold that. She gave that Bible to me. I mean, there was connections with that man. Wow. I wanted him to know that his life mattered because it mattered a lot to me. That was a really neat thing to have happen. He mattered. So God loved us so much that he gave his only begotten son to die on the cross for our sins. You might say to bail us out. Yeah. We were the sinner. And yet Christ came and died for us. God's love can lift the drunkard, the thief, the liar, the stealer, the adulterer, the fornicator. So I put a couple of verses in here. I wanted to add, uh, let's see which one's first. Second Timothy or, no, I think I put, yeah, Second Timothy chapter 3 and verse 1. It reads this way. Second Timothy chapter 3 verse 1. This know also that in the last days, you know, no matter who you talk to, they know it's the last days. Perilous times are coming. We are living in that perilous times. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affections, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinence, fierce, despisers of those that are good. Oh, isn't that true? Traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. Don't get tangled in that mess of what those people think and hear and understand who they are. We need to stand aside, get away from those. I guess if you get with bad, uh, bad people... Uh, one bad apple in the barrel can spoil the ones next to it. And don't put yourself there. Stay away from those bad things, those circumstances. From such, turn away. And also, uh, the, um, the other one here was uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9. I hope I didn't mess it up because I've got 5.9 on one paper and 6.9 on the other. Maybe I better look that up. 1 Corinthians chapter 5. Yeah, that one should be correct. Chapter 5, because I want the next verse to it as well. 1 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 9. I wrote unto you in an epistle not to company with fornicators. Don't get involved with those kind of people. And the next verse First 1 Corinthians 5 and verse 10. Yet not altogether with fornicators of this world, for with the covetous or extortioners, 
or idolaters, for they must, for then must ye needs uh, out of this world. Uh, putting that in my own words, if you uh, if you find these people, if you totally ignore them all and get out, stay out of their company and so on, you'll never influence them. We're in the world, but not of the world. So you do have to run into these people. You need to meet him because they need to know Christ also. So you need to meet him. Otherwise, it might as well just take you out of this world. Would God want to do that? Take us away from everything, all, pro- all problems, all situations. Just take you away from all of that. We'd never influence this world that we're in. Jesus didn't run away and hide. He walked among the people. He healed those that were so bad they thought that maybe Jesus wouldn't talk to them, maybe Jesus wouldn't heal them, and if I could just touch the hem of his garment. And she did, and wow, her life was different from that moment on. Yep, we need to be there. Also, 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 9. There's the 6 that I was seeing. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 9. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Wow. There's a number of places on that. Uh, it, in, uh, in Hebrews, when the... Ah, Hebrews. In Revelation, book of Revelation, when the, the uh, holy city comes down and so on, you think, well, this little piece of message is out of place. But it's just reinforcing that these people will not be there. Liars will not inherit. They start talking about rabbits that lay eggs. That's a lie. Bold-faced lie. Wow. And they will not be able to inherit God's goodness and be in God's kingdom, be in that holy city. They won't be there. So know ye not that unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor infeminate, or abusers of themselves with mankind. They will not be there. They will not inherit the things for the righteous. God can lift a drunkard, a thief and a liar. And of course, the first one that comes to me is old Canadian kind of song, I guess. Uh, many people know it, I guess, about the the uh, man that was laying in the gutter and uh, somebody was trying to sing a song, I guess. And in the song that's being sung, it says um, that he uh, saw where he was and he slowly got up and walked away. But it was the pig that walked away from the drunkard that was laying in the gutter. Wow. But God can get you out of there. God can change your life. Miracles happen. Uh, I knew of a drunkard that was pretty deep in, in his liquor, and he became a preacher. He went back to the Skid Row area, and he preached. And won souls, got them out of their situation that they're in. And that's John 3.16, isn't it? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I think I got it. (laughs) Okay. I never trust my memory exactly. But that is it, that uh, God wants us. He sent his son to fetch us. 
We must come to God in faith, repent of our sins, and accept him as a Savior and Lord. It's interesting when you say that you accept him as your Savior, because he's saving you because of salvation, because of sin, and, and so on, because he died for you. And you accept him as Lord. And you kind of say, okay, we got the New Testament taken care of. But a lot of places it says, and Master. Wow, you put those three together and you got a powerful message, right? If you accept Christ as your master, what's it going to mean to you? What, what are you going to act like? What are you going to do? Okay, so God is trying to inspire us all through all kinds of things, all different ways. And here's one in First Peter, a verse in First Peter chapter 1 and verse 3. I've got it printed out. I better find that one here, right over here. First uh, Peter chapter one and verse three. Blessed is the God. It, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which, according to His abundant mercy, hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. God has blessed us. He's given us and showed us Jesus Christ, our Lord, our Lord Jesus Christ. Christ would be like Savior. Um, according to his abundant mercy, it was his mercy that had this plan made and that it was going to work out this way for our good. And he's got us again. He's brought us to mind again and again and again. He's trying to make sure that we stay faithful and stay on track with a lively hope. It's not some far off hope. You know, you have to first look up Hebrews to find out, no, it's here. We have a hope of eternal life. We know it. It's greater than hope. What's, what's that again? Hope is something... <laughs> Hebrews. <laughs> right on, right on. <laughs> okay, it's something tangible, even though we call it hope. Yeah, it's a faith that's tangible. Uh, back to this. <laughs> um, in uh, Webster's, it talks about inspiring is to influence or to move or to guide by divine or supernatural inspiration. That's what the dictionary would say. God inspires his people through prayer. When we pray to the Heavenly Father, he can talk to us. He can put things in our minds, send messages to us through scripture verses that will come to mind and so on, circumstances that will come to mind. Giving us or them the hope of eternal life. And Titus chapter one, verse two says, in hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. He promised this hope of eternal life. He promised eternal life. Wow. And he won't lie. He can't lie. Okay, let's go to uh, that we're freed through Heavenly Father, the word liberty. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 17, it's part of the verse says, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. So if you can uh, get right with God and get the Holy Spirit with you and on you, around you, 
uh, wherever the Holy Spirit is, the Spirit of the Lord is going to give us liberty. Sin, self, Satan, blind many believers, many people of God. Some are chained uh, by the opinion of others. Chained. Satan's going to be chained one day. People do that to us. They say, oh, you're thus and thus, or you didn't do so and so, or this or that. They, they try to change, chain you, tie you down, try to make trouble for you. Instead, rather, God's Bible shows us about Jesus, that we can be free from that. To be set free, we must make a total commitment to Jesus. And I didn't know what you were going to talk about in Sabbath school lesson. <laughs> right? I think God had a message here. I didn't know what was going to be talked about today. But we can be set free, total commitment to Jesus Christ our Lord. And the verse that says, If the Son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. That's John chapter 8 and verse 36. John 8, 36. If the, Son make, if the Son therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. And the Old Testament gives us lots of verses about yielding to the Heavenly Father. And we need to, uh, I was looking up, keep the commandments, and I could have gotten diverted quite, quite easily. You know, which commandments, which ones are valid for today? Which ones are really good for us today? The 10 are all that God gave, minus the animal's blood, the, the temple service. Jesus said you might be worshiping in the future, not on this hill, not on that hill, because you can worship right where you are. Right? Right. So some of those things did change, but I looked up uh, keep the commandments, and I wanted the word statues, and if we do those things, it will bring us blessings. And I thought of that verse in Exodus fifteen twenty six. You probably know that one. Exodus fifteen twenty six, and it's repeated kind of in Deuteronomy seven fifteen and Deuteronomy twenty eight seventeen. You're blessed if you will follow what what uh, God tells you to be doing. Uh, I didn't didn't write those verses down. I don't think Exodus 15. No, I didn't didn't print them out. That's the one that says too in there when I was looking at them. It was saying uh, that uh, if you'll do this and this and this. Uh, statues and standards and so on. None of these diseases will come on you. And oh boy, that's a good one for today. But if I get into that, <laughs> we may be here after lunch. But <laughs> uh, I think that's in both of those. But it talks about the blessings that will come if you honor God and do. Oh, the chapter 28, Deuteronomy 28. I forgot. I had chapter 7, verse 15 in Deuteronomy. What's in chapter 28? I got it in red letters down here and I still missed it. Chapter 28, half of the chapter is on if you'll serve God, these are all the blessings that are going to chase after you. They're going to overwhelm you. They're going to pass you, almost, almost pass you by because God's got so many blessings that are coming 
because you're serving the Heavenly Father. So don't forget Deuteronomy 28. Somewhere around verse 17, it starts talking about the, the blessings of obedience to the Heavenly Father. Okay, going on. God tests us, tests the other people too. And sometimes you say, well, um, what is this all about? Why, why is that happening that way? Well, in Exodus 16, verse 4, and that one I do have written out, Then saith the Lord unto Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven, and he did, for you and the people shall go out and gather a certain rate every day. This bread that's falling from heaven, you can go out and you can gather up a certain rate. They, they could overdo it, actually. But he didn't want them to be gluttons over it all. But it, it would be there every day. It's going to be plenty. And the verse goes on, that I may prove them. That's a testing situation. Whether they will walk in my law or no. You're going to do it or not going to do it? You're going to be obedient or disobedient? That's the question. God is trying to give a test, a proving, testing deal. Are you going to make it or are you not going to make it? Do you want to do it or not do it? I'm going to give you a test. And they blew it. They thought, oh, surely God won't give bread tomorrow. I better take plenty home today. Enough to make you sick. But they said, I'll save it over. I'll keep it till the next day. Won't tell anybody. And it was moldy and rotten and smelled miserable and couldn't be eaten because God was putting more out there tomorrow. And then along came the Sabbath. Oh boy, we're in trouble now. We're not supposed to work on the Sabbath. And how, how are we going to go out there and get bread? And, you know, is God going to scold us for that? God said, I got the answer for you. Simple. I'll change the rules. Instead of the bread going rotten, you can gather twice as much on Friday and you'll have plenty left over for Sabbath. And it won't go bad. won't rot. That's proving them. You're going to trust this God? Or do you have some other God? You know, pray to the piano or pray to, you know. Which God do you want? Which God can you really believe in? He's proving you that his rules work. You, on Tuesday, you take double bread and it's going to go moldy and stink. Friday, you take double bread, and it'll last all day Friday, and all day Sabbath. Wow, he's proving them, to prove, to see if they would walk in his ways, and in his laws, his rules, his standards, statutes, whatever you want to call them. It's his ways, whether you'll do it or not. One more verse in Deuteronomy 8, verse 2, it says, and thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee these 40 years in the wilderness to humble thee and to prove thee to know what was in thine heart, whether thou wouldest keep his commandments or no. <laughs> or not. Okay. Oh, 40 years. Every day was a test. One with the bread, one with other circumstances. Do you really trust this God? You're going to go up against these giant guys. Or not. Well, our God can't do that. We won't go into the promised land because the, the report said that there was bad circumstances ahead of us. That made them stay there 40 years. Otherwise, they could have gone in in 40 days. 
Probably. And God made him turn back into the desert and 40 years went by to humble them, to turn to God and say, I'm sorry, I should have trusted you in the first place. And it was proving them whether they really believed in the Heavenly Father and his abilities. Can he do it or can he not? Do we trust him that much? We should. We should be able to. Whether thou wouldest keep his commandments or not. Okay, going on. Uh, So those are tests. James also says in James chapter 1 and verse 3, the trying of your faith worketh patience. Uh, Don't ask for patience. (laughs) You might get the trials. (laughs) (laughs) I know we need both. But uh, yeah, be sure that you're working on the patient side of it and uh, on the, the testing that goes with it. We must be patient and faithful during trials. Yeah, some of this stuff we're going through these days, they're trials. But be patient, just hang in there. God knows where it's going, knows where it's ending. And millions of people are hearing about the end of the world. They're hearing about the Heavenly Father. They're, they're realizing a judgment day is coming. Maybe they don't believe yet, but boy, they're hearing about it. There's a lot of people that are talking and discussing and carrying on conversation. God often lifts his people through tests and trials. Just like those we already read, but many other things. The trials of our faith. In 1 Peter 5 and verse 10, part of the verse reads, After that ye have suffered a while, make you perfect, established, strengthened, and settled you. Sometimes there's things that we don't care for, we don't like, the trials and tribulations, the heartache, the sorrows. But through all of that, he's going to make us perfect, able to stand all of these other things, to be surely strong in the faith, be able to go forward. Secures, securing ourselves and and Heavenly Father securing everyone that believes in him. There's a verse in 1 Peter 1 and verse 4, to an inheritance incorruptible is part of that verse. He's going to give us an, an assurance, a security to an inheritance incorruptible. Wow. Reserved in heaven for you. He's got a plan and he's going to do something special with it. He's going to bring things with him. I looked up that verse where it says that he's going to bring them along. Let me see if that, um, yes, I looked that one up and didn't even write it over here on the side. But in Isaiah 62 and verse 11, Isaiah 62 and verse 11, behold the Lord, that's capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. That's that God, the Yahweh, the Jehovah God, not those stones and those other names and Baal and all those other, the Jehovah God. Behold, the Lord hath proclaimed unto the ends of the world. Say ye to the daughters of Zion, behold, thy salvation cometh. Behold, his reward is with him and his work before him. When Christ comes, we'll know, okay, that was the one that did all of that work back there in the first 30 years of the, this end of the world. 
from year zero sort of thing, which doesn't exist. <laughs> There's no year zero. Um, and whether it's a little one side or the other, in 33 years of his life, 33 and a half years, and he preached three and a half years, he couldn't preach until he was 30 because that wasn't acceptable in his time. But he, he preached three and a half years. And what's so interesting, when you even look at that, three and a half years, when was he born? Half year before or half year after? You've got his birth date. When did he die? In the spring. Half year forward or backward? Backward for the 30. And you'd be in September or October. Somebody lied about that story and said, oh, in the middle of the winter when it's hard to get around, that's when we'll... <laughs> yeah. Right, and those... Uh, those... Uh, um, Kings of the East, I like to call them that they, they rode on those 400 mile an hour camels because in one night they came from all the way over there somewhere where Babylon was over here all in one night and got the king out of bed in the middle of the night. The whole story is a lie. It doesn't work. It wasn't winter. It was in the fall when Jesus was born. When the when the uh, sheep could still be in the fields and the, uh, the shepherds out in the field sleeping with them, caring for them. Ah, yeah, that sto whole story that is normally told is a lie. So we can say in that verse, Isaiah 62 and verse 11, Behold, thy salvation cometh. We know that's Jesus Christ, because this is from Isaiah. He's talking about Jesus Christ. Behold, his reward is with him. He's bringing something very, very special to his era that he lived in. But he's got another time when he's coming again with even more rewards and more uh, special things when he becomes king over the earth and rules over the earth. And he's bringing rewards for us as well. What's one of the big rewards? Eternal life. Eternal life. <laughs> that's, the one. that's the one, yes. That's the one that we want to be sure that we get. And his work is before him, yep. Okay, a uh, little last words here. Uh, millions are seeking security. That's for sure. For everything under the sun. Our sun even has a living now by people's insecurities and people that are being taken advantage of in situations. Securities are not there and people are concerned. So they have to buy this or buy that secure of their lands and their home. And they're trying to buy silver and gold and they forget the temporal things are fleeting. They're going to rot away. They're going to rust and decay. And yeah, you can't put your faith in that. The real and lasting security is found only in the Heavenly Father. He lifts His people with true security a security that is eternal. And you might want to look up a verse, 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 1. I don't have that one written out, but I thought that's saying most of what that's in that verse. Secure that is eternal security. So in ending today, we know that uh, the Heavenly Father is trying to lift our spirits to win his people and to give them hope and so on uh, because he loves them. 
That's the short of it, isn't it? He inspires them so that they will get assurance and, and happiness and, and want to follow the guide and so on. He's, he's inspiring them. Frees them from the problems of this world and the aches and pains and sorrows of COVID and all the other things, death and dying and grief and hunger. He's securing them and through tests and giving them that personal security and, and salvation and in the, in the future. God bless you.